Gracie Chavez. Happy, happy day, my fabulous vibers. Welcome back to my podcast where I believe that every woman deserves the freedom to craft the life she wants and the guts to go after it. We will share stories, facts, and opinions on various aspects of life to give you that kick in the ass to light you up and spread killer vibes every day, 24-7. Guys, I am playing this music because this music is, I mean, listen to this. You just want to dance. You just want to get up and dance because my guest today is a very special guest, somebody that I, um, I think I want to say I discovered, but maybe. <laughs> that makes me sound like Christopher Columbus. No, no, no. Somebody that I learned about. And actually, I was following you for a while, Gracie, before I met you in person. So I kind of had a little bit of a fandom going on, a little bit of, of like, I love her music. So this is the kind of music I like to dance to. Like, I'm the girl that goes to um, a party and I will ask the DJ to put some Sonora Tropicana or some Sonora Dinamita for me okay. because I'm that girl, <laughs> yeah. right? I'm the girl that dances that Shout music. Shout out to Margarita. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, so my guest today, guys, is the fabulous DJ Gracie Chavez. DJ Gracie, let me turn this music down, is an ambassador for the Texas music scene. She's doing it real big, derb. Is that something you <laughs> yeah. came up with? Yeah, we yeah we uh, had a, a loose crew a few I love years it. ago that kind of like represented Texas. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, I mean, if you're a Texas DJ, you're doing it real big. Pushing the crossover of music genres, playing a spectrum of sounds, and winning folks over. And this mommy is the perfect act with the pedigree heavy enough to handle any party. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. A veteran DJ of the Lone Star State, she co-founded and leads Bombon, one of the region's hottest tropical bass, bass crews and record label. Mm -hmm. Record label, that's so fucking awesome. She also is the founding DJ workshop instructor for Girls Rock Camp Houston. She holds a DJ residence at House of Blues, Houston and Marriott Marquis, Texas-sized pool deck. Ooh, yum, 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 yum. I can't wait to go out to the pool. <laughs> Gracie has been nominated for various music awards, including Houston's Best Club DJ back-to-back -back years, 24 to 2016. Wow, very cool. Amazing. And Gracie's a producer, songwriter, contributing music writer, lecturer, panelist, community activist, social media influencer, and a radio show host. And, you guys, the music I was playing for y'all is from a mix that she created for um, Sirius XM, Pitbull's Globalization, right? That was, mm -hmm. I love that station. Yeah. I love it. I love listening to it. So welcome to the show, Gracie. Thank you for having me, Alicia. I am so excited to have you because when I met you, I'm like, this girl is just doing it, and I love girls who are doing it, who are kicking ass. Like my uh, bio says, go out there and do <laughs> kick in the ass to light you up. I love it. I love it. So you're La Mera Mera. What does La Mera Mera mean? Um, La Mera Mera, I mean, I think in general just kind of means like um, like boss lady, you know, uh -huh. uh, the, the one in charge. Did and, someone call you that? Yeah, that was a nickname I picked up or that was, you know, used, um, you know, as Bonbon was uh, developing. Okay. Um, you know. 
I, I kind of uh, took the reins, so to speak, and um, just kind of helped lead it okay. and develop it. And 10 years later, we're still here. So you're super comfortable with somebody calling you la mera mera, la mas fregona, la mas chingona, la mas perrona. Like no, you're super comfortable with it or is it something that you grew into? Honestly, I kind of feel like la mera mera felt a little more comfortable. Uh, I think um, the first time I heard when I went to Chicago, that was the first time I'd heard. I was also on a radio show. Okay. Um, and I was being interviewed and, you know, was referred to as a chingona. And, mm-hmm. you know, here, I guess, I don't know, maybe just my background, but uh-huh. I mean, that didn't feel so comfortable. Okay. You know what I uh-huh. mean? Um, why? Why Why didn't you feel comfortable know. with it? I just, you know, I clutched. What was difference about the difference in Texas and Chicago? I don't, I mean, I guess because of, you know, generational um, differences, uh, maybe, um, and maybe cultural too, but, uh, um, you know, I guess it's, it was sort of a, a reference to like a bad word or something like uh, that, Okay, uh-huh. you know, and, um, I think I would prefer to be a leader than a boss. There's a <gasps> yeah, big difference. There's a big difference and leaders inspire. Correct. And they create other leaders. Correct. That's something that I really Mm -hmm. believe in as well. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad, you know, and it's really interesting that you say that because I feel like the younger generation are a little more comfortable in, um, in, uh, in building their confidence and, and, and asserting themselves. Yeah. You know, I kind of feel like maybe lately that word has just been overused and there's really, I don't know. I mean, catch me on a different day. Maybe I'll feel differently, but um, you know, just that word is just used. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so dispensable now, uh-huh, uh-huh. you know, but you know, what are you really doing? You know, which word is more dispensable now? Chingona. Chingona. Yeah. And I think, you know, the more we use it, maybe the less effect it has. It. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're right. Mm-hmm. I like to use the word perrona sometimes. Like, you know, my <laughs> sister and I, when we talk, it's not perra, like, you know, but it's right. such in like a nice, you know, comfy way. <laughs> and I understand like, you know, that's also um, reclaiming. That yeah. word. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I come back to La Mera Mera. It's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I feel more comfortable with that. Do you think it's similar to reclaiming the word bitch? Like saying, oh, no. she's a bitch, meaning, oh, she's tough, she's hardcore. No, like, I think La Mera Mera to me means like the main one, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. boss lady, the main yeah. one. You know what I mean? La Mera Mera. I love it. I yeah. love it. Did yeah. you study music in college, by the way? I did not. What did you um, study? Did you go to school here in Houston? I did. Okay. I have a degree in uh, journalism from the uh, University of Houston Central Campus. Do you feel like you still pursue journalism a little bit uh, in terms of your activism, your writing? Well, um, you know, truth be known, uh, my start right after, well, in the middle of college, right before I was done, um, I started, uh, you know, writing for a, a local newspaper. Okay. And I was a music um, journalist for oh. quite some time. So music has always been in, in the background. What was your inspiration back then? What kind of music were you listening to um, that inspired you to write about? I listened to a lot. And thankfully, you know, the the publication I wrote for um, would send me out on many different assignments. Primarily um, the underground hip-hop scene. Which okay. was kind of like bubbling up at the time. Um, no one in the uh, staff really was interested in covering it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like, electronic dance music. Okay. Uh, what years were these about? Like, uh, late 90s. Late 90s, okay. And then, uh, obviously, uh, the uh, rock and espanol scene. Mm-hmm. Well, simply because I spoke Spanish. Okay. It wasn't that I, you know, was a big fan of okay. the music genre. Uh-huh. But, again, it's just a job, and 
you know, in that, in uh, the process of doing, um, you know, a lot of those assignments and reviewing live acts and music, mm -hmm. um, I just discovered so much more, you know? Okay. So the interest was already there. Mm -hmm. This sort of, you know, helped expand it. And when you were growing up, did you listen? Because I know when I was growing up, I didn't listen to English music. It was only Spanish music. You know, my parents are from Monterrey. So, you know, the music that my dad would play would be like Ramon Ayala. It would be a lot of Norteño music. Um, okay. My mom really wasn't into music, but my dad was. I remember, okay. you know, the first introduction to when he put uh, Fito Olivares on for us. We were dancing. And so, you know, every time we would have a party or he wanted us to start dancing, he would some, put some Fito Olivares on. Yeah. And that for me was like, you know. I, so I, Houston. I, yeah, it is. Is it Houston? Yeah, it He's is Houston. Houston yeah. Okay. Um, but I remember thinking, I was probably a, a 15, 16 year old. I said, I'm going to have Fito at my wedding. You know, oh, that's nice. going to be yeah. a place at my wedding. I didn't have it because I married a white boy and he oh. doesn't get it. <laughs> but yeah, I had a DJ with Vito music. So it, cool. it made up for it. But I love it. I mean, I love dancing and I love cumbia. And um, the word bombon, why bombon? And what's the connection to la mera mera? Um, well, el bombón de Texas. This is así es el nombre o es bombón no, Texas? Bombón Texas. Bombón Texas. Yeah. Uh -huh. And I think uh, initially it was uh, bombón Houston. Okay. Because when you look, again, this is like so like millennial, but um, mm -hmm. when you looked up bombón in yeah. Google, you know, you'd get all these chocolates and stuff. So to sort of set ourselves apart, initially we called ourselves bombón Houston mm -hmm. to make it easier to find. Okay. But as we've expanded over the last decade. Okay. Um, not only do we have members that are um, from all over the state, okay, uh, but now we have uh, Bonbon members uh, all over the nation. And when you say we, you are in collaboration with two other founders, correct? Yeah. Initially, it was four of us. Actually, two. Two. Um, you know, um, Alex Nava, who went by uh, DJ Navo at the time. He and I co-founded. Okay. Bonbon. And uh, we immediately recruited um, two other DJ friends of ours to sort of round it out. And what do you guys basically do? Is it uh, you go out and do DJ or do you produce music? Or what, what is the bonbon? What is the um, business I think that side the, of Bonbon Texas? The business side of it? Um, well, I think obviously initially um, it was um, just to present a different style of music um, mm -hmm. that, you know, we felt like we were very passionate about. Um, there was, I mean, we were just doing monthly events, um, nothing by design. We just, you know, honestly, just it was just to play the music that we didn't get to play anywhere else. Which was what kind of music? I mean, you're saying it was a unique way of creating music. So how were you doing? Were you mixing certain music? Were you... Right. And so, uh, you know, over a decade ago, when you said Latin nights, mm -hmm. what you really meant was a salsa night. Ah, okay. And so um, typically, um, if you did want to go to a Latin night, you would have to dress up. Mm -hmm. uh, there was typically, you know, dress code. Mm -hmm. There was a, you know, big cover at the door. Even even if you did get past that, um, inside you, yeah. know, you had to, you didn't have to be a fabulous dancer, but you definitely needed to know how to you know dance salsa if you wanted to right. partake in you know the celebrations there, and um, it was just I don't know it was just a little more um, uh, limited or restrictive depending mm -hmm. on who you were, um, and you didn't like that. Well, not this not necessarily that we didn't like that, but you know that just wasn't our cup of tea. Mm -hmm. Uh, up until then, uh, myself and OG Bobby Trill, which was one of the founding members as well, um, we were already established DJs. 
So um, instead of just playing one or two cumbia remixes at the end of the night, we just said, why don't we just like start a whole night mm-hmm. based off of this and we can we can also play Houston rap. We can also mm-hmm. play um, dance hall. We can play reggae. We can play reggaeton, you know? Right. And no one else was really doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it wasn't really by design. It was just we were leading with our hearts, okay. so to speak. And um, then it just be- it just blossomed super quickly. And um, I think by the time we, it was 2011, mm-hmm. we'd moved to a larger venue. And that's when we started bringing in out-of-town guests, international, mm-hmm. like, you wow. know, acts and stuff. Uh-huh. And I think that's when we started to formulate, okay, well, we need, really need to kind of run this ship a little tighter. Um, and so eventually we, um, we actually did, you know, get a DBA and started really... Yeah. Really going for it. Yeah, opening up the bank account, yes. making sure that we, you know, took care of expenses. And yeah, and how easy or hard, like how difficult is it to work with partners? Because I've had partnerships that, you know, I had to dissolve because, um, you know, we just didn't work well together anymore. We just didn't have the same work ethic. We didn't see things the same. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, you know, for you, your yes. La Mera Mera, uh-huh. do they know your La Mera Mera in the group or do they like... <laughs> Like, how do you structure? And, you know, you know, out of the initial four, I yeah. would say uh, by the time it was like our third or fourth event, the fourth member moved to California. So it was just the three of us left. Mm-hmm. So what it uh, it did is uh, it it created this sort of environment where there was never really a tie because we did, you know, we talk about everything and there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's three of us. There's never really mm-hmm. a tie. Mm-hmm. But um, overall, like there's just a mutual respect. Okay between all three of us. Um, and I often kind of, I joke and I call them my ego and my id. Uh-huh. You know, each one of them. Okay. You know? Your ego and your... Id. Id. Yeah. It's Tell like me a, about It's a id. psychological thing. So, so for example... E-I-D? ID, yeah. Okay. ID. I think yeah. I've heard it. I've uh-huh. heard of it before. I could tell me a little bit more about that. So, uh, you know, OG Bobby Trill is a little bit more, uh, you know, decisive, impulsive. Let's just uh-huh. do this. Uh-huh. You know, let's just keep it moving. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. sometimes you need to be that way. You yeah. need to be decisive. They don't dwell on the little details. They just want to get going. They just want to move. Or, move, yeah, move, or move. just, you know, get it done. Yeah. And then um, Alex mm-hmm. was our id. Um, he was a little more pensive. He was a little more, let's Got diplomatic, it. let's, you know. More uh, thoughtful. More thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And so it was a great balance. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh-huh. So. And they're both guys. Uh-huh. And you're the only girl. Yes. Okay. So I think that makes it easier. You think so? I think so. Because I think I've I've worked in partnerships with other women and there's always clashing and there's never, and I don't know why, I'm not really sure what happens, but I think there's always a pull and push, like a serious pull and push yeah. and nothing ever gets accomplished because there's always some problem that we're yeah. trying to figure out and yeah. like move forward. And yeah, guys like, are a little different, and, I think. And, uh, you know, we can certainly bookmark that because yes, I've, um, this partnership set the baseline Mm-hmm. For me, mm-hmm. and I'm happy to say that after 10 years, we're still working together. So that should say something, right? Yeah, absolutely. So subsequent partnerships I've had since mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. you know, this was my litmus test. Like, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah, it is a challenge. You know, mm-hmm. uh, certainly I've gone through a dissolution mm-hmm. of another business. You mm-hmm. know, um, in in the in between time, yeah, uh, high hopes, the whole thing, the beginning and yeah. stuff. But um, again, 
you know, the ego and the id, yeah. you know what I mean, comes into play, had to be decisive. This isn't really what I want to do anymore. Right. This isn't like the partnership I thought, mm-hmm. you know, was going to be. Mm-hmm. So, And that happens a lot. And I think mm-hmm. partnerships with women are very difficult. I, I remember re- uh, listening to a podcast at one point and the business coach was saying, sometimes women who partner up mm-hmm. um, benefit from going to therapy as couples. Mm-hmm. And to discuss their business differences. Mm-hmm. You know how men and women go to business, go to couples therapy? Yeah. Well, she recommended that, that women who have partnerships together as, as business women in a business together, but that they also that, go to therapy. But why is that so unique to, to like women? <clears throat> why is that so unique? What is the, the, the pathology or what is the... What is, yeah, why, why is that happening? You know, but, and she mentioned a few partnerships. I think this particular... Um, incident or scenario was with the ladies who who founded soul cycle and i think they were both friends and they both wanted to do the same thing and that the, and they started it in new york but they had so many differences that they were going in so many directions that they actually went to a therapist but i'm not sure what the pathology is i mean it's happened a lot where i think um you know it's a lot of like tripping the prom queen you know why mm-hmm. is she getting more opportunities why is she getting called to do more things why is mm-hmm. she getting more gigs why is she why not me well, i think why, well why isn't that you know yeah. rinse and repeat for let's say a partnership between two men why wouldn't that you know what i'm saying yeah and i've had a conversation about that with my husband too i'm just curious you know i, know, I don't it is know curious. Answer. i know i don't know the answer but it's but always like, it's a good question to ask and i i've had that conversation with him a few times and he says and he just he says men have the same issues. They have egos. They have big egos. And if somebody somebody's idea isn't taken into consideration, they get very pissy and upset, but then they move on. And I think we tend to hold on to, to grudges a little bit longer. I don't know. It's a good question for a psychologist. Maybe we should ask somebody that yeah, question, that why be. that happens. But I had a partnership with another woman, and I just, couldn't, I just couldn't handle it anymore. I just had to dissolve it. And, yeah, we had opened business accounts. We had opened... Um, we had we had everything a, ca- a bank account you know all that and it's just mm-hmm. a very, very just strange but yeah right. it's a really interesting way to look at it and so that partnership dissolved and so you continue now with this partnership and it's been going on for 10 years right yeah wow. this has always been you know um the undercurrent i guess this is always like you and, know? and why cumbias? I want to go back to that. Why is oh, that? Um, because you said, fuck you to salsa. You said, I don't want to do that well, shit. Well, not necessarily. Yeah, no, you wanted it, to do it. No, it wasn't a fuck you to salsa. Okay. It wasn't. It was you were reasserting was, who you, what, you, what you really were. Yeah, it, I, like I said, it wasn't a fuck you to anything. It wasn't a reaction to anything. Yeah. It was just uh, a preference. Okay. You know what I mean? Um, you Which, know. by the way, let me just say this. It doesn't have to be like, fuck you to anything. It could just be, that's what I like. Yeah, that's what absolutely. I love. I love and that. I think, <laughs> um, for me, my love for music began, obviously, as a child. My dad yeah. was um, a huge record collector, also from the uh, Monterrey area, both my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dad grew up listening to a lot of American music, like Elvis Presley. Yeah. And, uh, my dad introduced me to the Beatles. The Beatles as well. Um, and so he had a lot of 45s. In fact... My cousins, who are a lot older than me, um, would tell me that uh, they loved visiting him at my grandparents' house mm-hmm. when he was still living. He was the youngest. Mm-hmm. Would always um, bring, like, the records out and dance with them. You know, he's real, you know, you know, um, he loves dancing and stuff. <laughs> um, so, But growing up, you know, obviously he continued with his record collection. Sunday mornings, um, he'd play music for my sister and I. But his music um, was pretty diverse. Um, 
I, we didn't grow up with Tejano music. We did not grow ah, up with okay. uh, mm-hmm. regional Norteño, like any of that stuff. My dad certainly listened to, um, obviously, like uh, Sonideros and mm-hmm. Cumbias and Fito as well. Um, but he also listened to the Bee Gees. And he also mm-hmm. bought me my first Michael Jackson like album. Amazing. Um, so my dad's pretty open-minded. I love you know, that. for for a Latino. Yeah. So yeah. he was like very open-minded. Um, played a lot of disco. He loved a lot of disco. Um, yeah, I, mean, I love was, that, Gracie, because that's very relatable to me. My dad was the same way. He was super open-minded and wanted us to to learn about so many different things. And even though he was such a Norteño, Ramon Ayala kind of guy, he would introduce us to to the Beatles as well. And he would tell yeah. us a story of when he came over and, yeah. like, you know, the first song, like Yesterday Makes Me Cry, every single time he yeah. hears that song because it just reminds him of that moment coming to America and mm-hmm. just realizing he was by himself. And that song was just... So nostalgic for yeah. him that it just made me nostalgic for him mm-hmm. as well. So when he would tell me the story, I was like, oh, I would. And so every time I hear yeah. yesterday, I feel like I'm him. It's yeah. It, there's a connection mm-hmm. between people and music. And it's interesting that you had such a, a vast repertoire, even as a young girl, because you were introduced to those things by people around yeah. you. Yeah, and, you know, he would listen to Los Angeles Negros, too, and I thought to myself, wow, that's <laughs> the range, you know what I mean? Right. Like something is, you know, um, I guess melancholy is that, and then, like, turn around and listen to, like, uh, yeah, a disco song, Donna Summer or something. I love it. I mean. Oh, my gosh. Um, but um, but I think that that's really where it started. Um, obviously, you know, in my grade school and, and um, you know, middle school and high school years, you know, did a lot of my own exploring, just love music, mm-hmm. period. Um, and as, you know, first generation, you know, Mexican-American, um, it was really hard for my parents, you know, to afford a lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, this kind of ties back into, like, Girls Rock Camp, but um, yeah. I'm assuming that, you know, had that program existed, you know, mm-hmm. back when I was younger, that I could have would would have loved to you know participate um, attended like that, yeah. mm-hmm. because I feel like um, I missed out on either learning you know instruments as a as a young child um, where I think that would have helped me uh, come out of my shell or blossom a lot sooner mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. at least artistically or creatively yeah. and music is so important and they, and it's one of those things that just gets cut in schools. Yeah, so and, fast. I, and I think that, you know, there was not that it was self-imposed. Not It was more self-imposed than, you know, my parents saying, hey, you must choose, like, mm-hmm. a, a reasonable or, yeah. you know, a yeah, profession, profession <laughs> or whatnot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that, you know, the music thing has never seemed to go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't mm-hmm. been able to, like, squash it or quell it or anything. It's just always, like, kind of seems to bubble up and you know i think there's something happening also in their culture that you know parents are starting to realize that their kids are not you know little copies of them and they're not little um robots either like you Mm -hmm. can't just uh program your kids to be what you want them to be they i think internally intrinsically have already an inclination to something Mm -hmm. and um the more they explore it the more you give them opportunities and it's true because you know a lot of these girls like my niece that i said to you Mm -hmm. she loves to mix music and she has a little program that she does and she has like a little system that her mom bought her my sister and i'm like wow how 
cool that she's creating such really cool right. mixes. And she's a huge fan of music, by the way, because her dad also introduced her to so many. And like the Red Hot yeah. Chili Peppers are her favorite. Oh, nice. But like, yeah, so she's got like a like a, and I'm like. This program that you, so let's talk a little bit about this program because this is something that I, the minute you told me about it, I said, I need to go find mm-hmm. some of these t-shirts and support you yeah. one way or another. Yeah, thank um, you. Girls, I appreciate that. I'm, yeah, I yeah. knew you, you came out and supported You know, and I said I was going to do it and I always say what I'm going to do. <laughs> and I do what I say. That's what it meant. Girls Rock Camp Houston. Tell me a little bit about Girls Rock Camp. So Girls Rock Camp is a um, music camp that started about, I guess about 10 years ago as well. Um, and, uh, it's, um, a chapter in sort of a national, uh, chain, I guess you could say, okay. of, uh, other girl, girls rock camps in several different cities and okay. markets. Um, in fact, at one year we had the girls from New Orleans mm-hmm. come, be, uh, come and volunteer with us because they were starting the New Orleans chapter. Wow. So that they can see how we ran and operated our stuff and so that they could go back and do it, do it there. But um, my introduction to it, uh, my, my ex-husband, he's also in the music industry. Um, he's an audio engineer. Um, so we both kind of mm-hmm. thought it would be a great idea mm-hmm. to sort of look into it. And um, I had a, you know, my young, my, well, she was five at the time. Um, she... Uh, was interested in in learning instruments, okay. and we thought, why not? Of course, yeah. Um, so, what uh, instruments does she play? Uh, drums. Wow, Karen Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, she's my favorite drummer. Yes. She, um, <laughs> so when Very I very cool when we started um, going, you know, she she started the first year as a uh, camper, mm-hmm. and um, I was their first. I was their DJ workshop instructor. Um, so yeah, every summer for the, for a whole week. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me just say that the program isn't designed to create the next pop group. Okay. It's not. Mm-hmm. I think what we miss sometimes is, um, giving girls, especially in mostly male dominated, um, industries, mm-hmm just the opportunity to have a voice and create. Um, And so the real mission for Girls Rock Camp is to empower girls through music. Wow. And empower them to feel what? To feel like they can do anything, be themselves, be weird, be, be fabulous, be expressive. Correct. You know what I mean? Because I think a lot of times, um, you know, uh, and I think more so in, in the Latin culture, but, you know, let's just say, you know, a 3000 foot view. I mean, it, it happens quite a bit mm-hmm. where, um, you encourage girls to be the smartest and, you know, in grade school. And then at right. some point, you know, when puberty hits, mm-hmm. it's kind of like they dim their light. That's true. I was a middle school teacher and that's absolutely happened. And I'm like, Why? Why? And they're very self-conscious. Mm-hmm. Um, their confidence gets a Correct. big hit and they don't Correct. feel confident anymore. And I think it has to do a little bit with their body changes. They're mm-hmm. a little afraid of showing too much or being... T- I think they're starting to get this conditioning that they have mm-hmm. to be a certain way. They Correct. have to look a certain way. There's mm-hmm. certain norms. And before puberty, they're not really paying attention to those right. things. And now yes. with social media, it's even become worse. worse. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's just... 
and I know this from from having you know been a, a middle school teacher and a high school teacher where you know even when you spoke to them boosted them gave them every possible motivational speech mm-hmm. you can give them they were still you know not not happy with themselves they were still right. not proud of their accomplishments mm-hmm. they were afraid to even share when they did something good right mm-hmm yeah, and so, you know, I'm really happy that, you know, Anna Garza, she's, um, you know, the the founder and uh, president for uh, Girls Rock Camp, has done a really great job of, throughout the week, okay. not only having band coaches teach, you know, their respective instruments mm-hmm. to these girls, mm-hmm. and then band coaches mm-hmm. that will bring these girls together to teach them how to work together, they... Mm-hmm get together and they write a song together Uh and they practice it. Oh, my gosh. But then also in the middle of all that, there are programs, um, you know, uh, organizations that will come in and talk about, you know, body image. Mm -hmm. You know, talk about, like, um, you know, social issues, uh, gender issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in the last, you know, few years, we, you know, finally started, um, you know, bringing in like um, transgender, mm-hmm. uh, you know, students or campers. Wow. And, you know, again, teaching, you know, girls both, you know, how to, I guess, navigate through real life, you know. That is so important. That is so important. And is this organization a nonprofit? Like can Correct. people find you and make a donation or, you know, Absolutely. send uh Yeah. And so, um, yes, uh, Girls Rock Camp. Uh, Houston.org, I believe, is the. Um, okay. I'll have to double check that, but um, quick Google search and you'll find it. Mm-hmm. Uh, more easily, you can find it on my um, uh, the link in my bio mm-hmm. on Instagram. DJ Gracie Chavez at, on Instagram. Very cool. Um, I'm going to be sharing all of those handles, by the way, okay. on our descriptions, guys, and also on the podcast Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's going to be everywhere. We also do a blog. We do a newsletter. So all of that information yeah. is going to be going out to everybody. Yeah. Um, Gracie, what what do you see as like the future of music, the future of DJs, the future of, um, you know, beyond 2021? How, where do you see, you know... Um, us going in terms of what we like, influences, trends. I know that, you know, you are probably one of a few women DJs, right? I mean, I don't think it's, I if I could, if I think about DJs, I don't think I remember too many women yeah, I mean, doing there's, it. there's, I mean, maybe. Or is it starting to come up more? I think it's starting to come up because technology is like making it a, a lot easier for uh-huh. folks to, you know, hop on board. Right. But, um, but yeah, you know, um, the, the few women that are in the industry, you know, just have to, I feel like have to work a little bit harder mm-hmm. to kind of keep up. And Do you find that there's competition between the women DJs? Like, you know, they always say there's competition between women comedians and like women, mm-hmm. you know, so-and-so. And like, is there a competition? No. Like who gets this gig? Who gets that other gig? Who gets to do this? Who gets to do that? And maybe because I've, I've uh, you know, been DJing for quite some time Mm -hmm. and you know again part of Girls Rock Camp Mm -hmm. I have you know two young daughters as well Um, you know maybe that's the case with you know a younger set Mm -hmm. of like you know Mm -hmm. up and coming or aspiring like you know DJs Um, but I sort of feel like the real competition is um, not only with uh, other men 
Okay. Because you have to, like, prove yourself. Uh-huh. You almost have to, like, double prove yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Do they tend to but, be nasty to you all? Oh, no, no. And, like, who do you think, think you are? What are you doing no, here? Not e- no. And, you know, I think, no, it's not even that. I think a uh, little taste of what I got in the beginning when I started uh, was more like, let me help you with that, honey, mm-hmm. situation. A little more, um, mm-hmm. uh, um, a little condescension. A little condescending. Like, but what do you know? Right. Do you know uh-huh. how to do this? And, yeah. And so things like that. Um, but I think that I feel like I've transcended that, I think, over the last few years. And this, I think, is just maybe unique to me. But uh, before, it was, you know, a challenge to try and, like, you know, um, be at the same level mm-hmm. as, like, my peers. Mm-hmm. And now, I think in the last few years, I feel like um, they all treat me mm-hmm. as equals. Okay. And, and you have longevity, great. Mm-hmm. You have a track record. Yeah. And I think I was going to also add that the competition is really uh-huh. within you. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's becoming better and better for yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. And how do we, how do, how can we express that to, to the younger women or to the women who are just constantly on the search for becoming this or becoming that and better than her and better than her? Because it happens so often, so frequently that you're like, you should really work on yourself and really like gauge how your, your own benchmarks mm-hmm. and push Push those benchmarks, yeah. push those those accomplishments, and push, push, push for, further. And I think that's something that, you know, I don't know if, if if maybe it's generational. I don't know if maybe it's cultural. I'm not sure. Society does that to us. Yeah, and I think for <clears throat> me, again, um, you know, just because I'm a, I'm a mother of two girls. How old are your girls, by the way? Um, 18 and 13. Wow, the same like me. I have yeah. two boys, 18 and 13. Um, I think that you have to have a certain amount of patience mm-hmm. and hope, oh, that, and hope that they patience. figure it out. Because I do see a lot of the newer set of like DJs and not just women, uh-huh. not just uh-huh. girls and stuff. And um, you just have to be patient and um, just sort of sit back and kind of see what kind of choices they're making. Um, it was, uh, you know... Um, you can, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, at this point in my career, I can sort of, I think I've become better at recognizing that up and coming talent mm-hmm. that is serious about their work mm-hmm. and not there for the applause. Ah, right. Ooh. So it doesn't matter what gender. Doesn't but matter, yeah. Yeah, it just, um, and you can see it. Uh-huh. You can see it. You know, I mean, it's just experience. You know what I mean? And how can you tell if somebody has the aptitude for this or has the aptitude for, I mean, mixing music or mixing beats? I mean, tell me about that. Like, how do you determine if, if a girl has that that capacity to reach further, move, 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 move along the ranks? Or do you just allow them to just have a good time and, ha- and do it for fun and not have mm-hmm. it be a career and become you know, a top yeah. DJ in the I world. I mean, all of yeah. that. All of that. Okay. But, you know, the <laughs> folks that are going to have uh, longevity in it are um, those talented folks that are going to go back each and every time and continue to practice mm-hmm. and work hard. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the people that, that are honing their skills, basically. Correct. Mm-hmm. And not just, you know, mm-hmm. posting photos for the Instagram. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, my son, my 18-year-old, for the longest time, my husband and I were like, so, 
you know, not because he's a videographer. He does music videos and he works with a lot of rappers and a lot of kids, you know, that are rapping and doing their music and they produce their own music. They have little mm -hmm. studios, you know, because nowadays with a computer and some good systems, you know, you, yeah. you can create some stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and we we were like, Alex, are you sure you want to do that? Are you sure that's something you really want to do? Like we were in our head wanting him to pursue, I guess, a traditional role in sense of, you know, how he's going to make money. Uh -huh. um, and my husband's in business, so he's always been like, you know, business, business, business. And, 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 and one time we were just like, we have to go see a therapist because we can't, we can't figure this out. Mm -hmm. And she said, you just have to let him lead. Let him f find his way. You can't keep wanting to mold him into what you want him to be. Mm -hmm. And honestly, he has shown us to have such a talent for it. Um, and before we bought him his equipment, his dad um, said, I'm going to talk to your teacher first and then we'll see if we can buy you some equipment because it's expensive. We're not going to oh, yeah. invest on equipment if it, you're, you know, <laughs> it's not going to work out and you're just going to not do it for the next, you know, three months or whatever. And mm -hmm. the teacher was like, you know, he's got some real talent and it's something you definitely need to, explore. you know, explore and just nurture. And I think we forget to nurture our kids in their own little talents. And it's not what we want them to do. It's yeah. what they're inclined to do. And if music is something that they're inclined to do, mm -hmm. why not? It's like growing plants or growing uh -huh. flowers. Right? Yes. You know what I mean? I become a plant mom over the like you know, quarantine, you know, the last year yeah. and stuff. But you can't really pull the roots up. Yes. You can't really like tell it how, you know, it's going to bloom it. or whatever. Yeah. Force mm -hmm. it, force it. You have to feed it a little sunshine, a little water, a little Play love. some music for it. Play <laughs> some music for it. So talk about music and mental health for me a little bit, because I know during the, the pandemic, a lot of women were finding, were trying to find outlets for themselves, trying to find ways to relieve a little bit of the stress. I mean, we were, we had our kids at home. We had um, virtual schooling. We had um, husbands at home. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody was living together. Yeah. I find that for me, music is very therapeutic. I find that when I'm feeling super down, um, frustrated, stressed out, I'll play something that I'll know. Well, like Karen Carpenter for me, if I play Karen, I will start to feel happy and joyful. Oh, wow. okay. And, you know, there's certain things, certain. Uh, and so do you find that that happens a lot in like music and people tell you these things or is it just uh -huh. me that I just think it's therapeutic? I think um, this whole. Like they'll say you're mixed, Gracie. Mm -hmm. I mean, Wow, I loved it. I listened to it a thousand times. <laughs> you know, and I've, and you know, just a side note, I, I've caught myself like when I've listened to like old older mixes or uh -huh. stuff I've done in the past, I'm like, wow, that, that was, like, <laughs> I, you know, either that was really ballsy or that was like really like wow. ¿Dónde me salió eso? You know what I mean? Yes. Um, but I'm glad that no one was there to say no, don't yeah. do it. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, but, um, yeah, this past year has probably uh, put a spotlight, um, not just on music, but I would say artists. Uh -huh. um, because it, I think it's been a really tough year for creatives. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, going back to March, April of last year, yeah. um, you know, Essential mm -hmm. Worker, you know, that, that label was being used so often and it right. does something to the psyche, you know, where, okay, you know, as like my significant other, you know, is a essential worker. He okay. works, he works out at, at the port. Okay. And so what does that say to creatives or what does that say to, you know, other, that they're folks? not essential. That they're not essential, not important. All of that. 
So, you know, um, I'm going to quote Erica Badu. Um, you know, it's like, you know, we're artists and we're sensitive about our shit. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think artists just just also have um, a... I don't know. For me, I feel like there is a responsibility to nurture artists because they're the ones that bring the light to every. I mean, you know, and mm -hmm. bring a little mm -hmm. levity, bring a little happiness, bring a little joy. Yeah, um, they're not indispensable. I don't think they're indispensable at all. I think they 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 fulfill a really important component in our mm -hmm. society, and that is bringing us creativity. Creativity brings us a little bit of joy. I mean, who, who creates the movies? Who right. creates the music? Who goes out there and, you know, does those things? Yeah. It's the creatives. And I think that also um, maybe 10, 20 years ago, um, we were not as open-minded about uh, mental health as maybe we are now in the tie um, to the arts and uh -huh. creative, you know, um, individuals. Um, and I think now it's a lot easier to like um, connect those two and it's a lot easier to open up and have discussions about it, you know, because I think even in the, you know, Latin culture, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, uh, taboo, right? Yeah. Mental health and therapy. Because every, you know what it's, uh, you know, in our culture, it's like, you know, down a few beers, mm -hmm. you know. Knock back a, a few margaritas. Yeah, you get over that's it. How, that's how you deal with or it. Or just get over it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's how I did it. I got over it. You can do it, too. Sure. Um, and that, that mentality of, 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 of perpetuating the cycle of, like, you know, I didn't need the help. You don't need the help either. Or, right. you know, just come talk to me. I'll fix it for you. You know, in, like, really nasty, condescending ways and horrible ways of seeing things. But I think, I think you know, we're, we are moving in an era where we are appreciating life and the little bits of life a little bit more. I think the pandemic is really causing us to see things in a more um, in a more holistic way and not individualistic Correct. anymore. Correct. I mean, yes. to me, for example, I have a store and I have a boutique. I really started to move away from fast fashion and started doing more slow fashion. And now uh -huh. I really do more resale. Now I do more investment pieces yeah. just because I started yeah. to feel like I have more of a commitment mm -hmm. to, to my planet, to my earth, to my life and doing things with purpose. Yeah. Um, and my events now, you know, they used, I used to book events and do events all the time. And, you know, proceeds now go to charities. Uh -huh. And now I find ways where I can support, you know, philanthropy even more than I used to before. Just because I realize how important those organizations and those society and those 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 parts of society are so important for us and 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 complete a certain component of that. Mm -hmm. Um Gracie. I want to tell you how I admire you. I'm just um, in awe of everything you've accomplished. It's an amazing I mean, wow. Um but I want to just uh, go back and say how people can reach you. How can we find your music? I've been playing your music this whole time because I want people to just, you know, jam it out as we're listening, as they're listening to us. But how can they find you? What social media handles can they go and uh, search you? Um, my two primary um, social media channels uh, will be on Instagram. Okay. DJ Gracie Chavez with a Z at the end. Um, and Bonbon Texas. B-O-M as in mom, B-O-N as in Nancy, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we're on Instagram, on Facebook. And um, just want to say that, you know, we're also uh, releasing a lot of music, you know, through Bonbon Music. 
So that's another way. Are you, you going to be releasing music uh, coming up? Yeah, we release music um, every two weeks. And where can they find it? Where can on Bandcamp? On Bandcamp. Yeah, Bonbon bon right Music. There. Yeah. You know, I found you. I think it was on uh, on a Tumblr. Really? That's how I started okay. following you and started to see a lot of the music you were playing. And SoundCloud has a few of your mm-hmm. mixes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, that's where I'm, like, following you now because, yeah. uh, I yeah. mean, if I'm going to have a party and I'm going to be doing it, I'm going to be putting DJ Gracie Chavez Yeah, now. and I think, you know, um, I'm using my platform instrumentally, pardon the pun, right? Yeah. Um, yes, I, I may have created a name for myself for DJing and probably people know me best for Bonbon. Mm-hmm. But um, with the label, which I'm really proud of, you know, big shout out to uh, Roly out of Miami. He's part of... You know, Bonbon as well. He goes by John Sean and All Day Ray in Austin, Texas, also another crew member. We've been working side by side the last several months. Um, and I sort of feel like we get to curate uh, what future music culture ooh. sounds like. I think for me, that's um, even more instrumental than playing at a club for or party or whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. You know, you, when you put on that Karen Carpenter. Uh-huh. It yeah. transports you. It does, right? Uh-huh. When when you hear, for example, um, you know, a cumbia remix that we may have done or something like that, it it'll take you back, mm-hmm. you know, um, to whatever time, you know, whatever place, whoever, whoever you were with, mm-hmm. and I feel like that um, does more to um, um, help heal. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, more than just playing, because I sort of feel like, you know, playing in the moment. <clears throat> and last night I got to play uh, for Bun B, you know, for the hotel opening, mm-hmm. 420, you know, event. Yeah. It's so fleeting. Okay. It's there and gone. You know what I mean? And um, I think with the label, I think there's a, a, a more long lasting legacy there. You know it what I mean? It transcends time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. I love that. And you're right, because music has that power to bring you back to, to, to moments, to feelings, and, you to know, emotions. And mimic your, your feeling mm-hmm. at the time or change your, yeah. you know, how you're feeling. Let's say you're feeling down and mm-hmm. you put something upbeat or energetic, you know, it can help change your mood uh, or it can complement it. You know what I mean? Let's say you want to listen celebratory. to celebratory. Let's put some good music on. You're sad. Let's put some music on. Yeah, mm-hmm. it really does have that power. Mm-hmm. It has that power to transform. It has a power to change the inside, the the I guess the components in your brain that get you happy and get you endorphins. Uh, the endorphins. <laughs> yes, I was just ta- talking about endorphins with my son. I'm glad you mentioned that yeah. because that was the word I was looking for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so grateful for you for being here today. Y'all, you need Thank to go you. follow her. Y'all need to go see what she's doing. Uh, listen up to her music. Y'all are going to get happy and excited. I think I'm going to be playing it every time now because uh, I'm a, I am I love cumbias. It's like, no, that's my jam. Like, put me some sonora, put me some music, and I'm just so happy. And I'm just, you know. And I'll tell you a little secret. Um, yeah. I love cumbias, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are the queen of cumbias, I think. I mean, if I will say that. Um but well, definitely no, I mean, that that would that title is is uh, only for oh for Selena, Selena. Yeah, so, yeah 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 no 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 you're right let's not even step on those toes yeah uh oh my god so yeah we talked about a lot of really great things and I think one thing that I I'm definitely taken from you and I think I captured from you the first time I met you was that sense of authenticity that sense that okay. you are who you are and mm-hmm. that um take it or leave it I'm la mera mera and I'm gonna rock it out. 
you know, it took Love it. it just took a little while to get there, but <laughs> I'm glad I'm here. I'm so grateful that you are Mm -hmm. and you're bringing joy and you're bringing uh, a little bit of transformation and bringing those endorphins out for us. (laughs) Yes. So guys, follow her, follow us. Come out to Cinco de Mayo. Oh yeah. What what do you have in? Tell Um, us. So, so Bonbon is reuniting. Okay. Uh, Just the, you know, with the pandemic, Uh everything's sort of been disparate, right? So for Cinco de Mayo, we'll be at Eighth Wonder. Um, so yeah, that'll be the first time we've all gotten together, you know, under one roof and we've got a very special guest performing with us. Uh, We haven't announced it. Will you tell me? (laughs) I will tell you. um, Off the air. (laughs) Yeah. Um, no, I can, I can, I can tell you now. Okay. Um, Esteban Gabriel. Okay. Who'll be performing with us. Esteban Gabriel. You got to tell me who that is. Um, he's a, a really wonderful, um, magnetic Okay, you know, artists coming out of you know South Houston. Oh, and um, he's doing a lot of banda and corridos and like representing Houston. Oh my gosh! So I've got to look super that up. excited about that. having him on board. Yeah. So yeah, we haven't you know announced that quite yet, but okay. you know, with uh, Cinco de Mayo coming, it's just right around the corner. Um, wow. You know, I'm just so ready to go dancing. Yeah, you oh, know, I'm and, just so ready to go out and dancing, and maybe have a michelada. <laughs> yeah. So the ticket, I mean, it's it's um, there's no tickets. It's free to uh, okay. come in. Of course, masks, um, you know, are, are preferred. Um, it's pet friendly, kid friendly, cool. four to nine p.m. So you know, it'll just be better than your sister's quinceañera. Ah, I love it. I got to remember that. Better than your sister's kids. I love that. Yeah. You guys, y'all need to go at Cinco de Mayo and follow her and you'll see all the different places that she's going to be doing, all the things that she's going to be doing. 2021 is going to be amazing. I hope so. I'm so grateful for you to be here today. Again, guys, follow us. Uh, Send us your comments. I would love to hear from you. Uh, Send us your reviews. I want to know what you're thinking. And again, I cannot wait for you guys to listen up and... uh, Oh, this is a closing of season three Yay. with a bang. Thank you, Gracie. Thanks for Appreciate having me. Appreciate you. Me.